Okay, we're doing now Tuesday's portion of Boy. Now, we have in Boy the last three plagues. Seven of them were in the previous portion of the era. And now, on Monday, we just finished the second to last plague. Of course, building in intensity, this was a plague of darkness. Where, of course, the first, the first days, first three days were so dark one couldn't see. And the last three days were so dark one couldn't even move. The darkness froze them. It was so tangible, the darkness. So at this point, Pharaoh's like, wants to give in. He said, the first five plagues, so they were horrific blows, but Pharaoh was so stubborn. Stubborn means non-intellect, non-rational, that he hardened his own heart and wouldn't give in to God. And these last five plagues, God hardened his heart to truly crack, smash the evil of Egypt. And as in a shell, of let's say a nut, you crack the shell and the fruit could be extracted because within Egypt were enormous godly pieces of energy, godly sparks trapped by the shell of the evil. So we're going to smash the shell and then out of the shards, going to utilize all this enormous godly energy. So, They've just finished the ninth plague. They're in chapter 10, verse 24. Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go, serve God. Only your flock and your cattle shall stay put. Even your children may go with you. Because we've seen a progression here. First he said, no one's going. Then he said, okay, just the men, because you, you claim, I mean, what Moses kept saying is we're going to serve God. So, well, only the men serve. So obviously the women and the children are staying behind. And Moses said, no, that's a very famous statement that we quote frequently, we're going with our sons and our daughters, our wives, every Jew is going. So Pharaoh said, no way, <laughs> nothing doing. If, you, if everybody wants to leave, this is not just to serve God, this is a great escape route. No. Now Pharaoh is saying, okay, you know what, even the children can go. Every man, woman, and child can go. Just leave your animals. As if this should be the, the, the collateral, the guarantor, you're actually coming back. And Rashi, the comments on the word you thought, to explain what it means to be kept in its present place. Moses said, you too will give in our hands feast offerings and ovation offerings and we shall offer them to God our God. Moses is saying, no way. You're going to also give us animals. Not only are we going to take every one of our own animals, you're going to give us animals because we're going to sacrifice to God. And our livestock as well will go with us. Not a hoof will be left. For from it shall we take to serve God our God. We will know how we shall serve God until we are arrival there. So not a hoof, meaning not even the sole of a foot. Every single animal we have, and many of yours, are going with us because we don't know what God wants from us. We know we're sacrificing to him. That we know. But we don't know how many animals he's going to ask for. So we're going to take every single animal we have and many of yours. You're going to join us. You're also going to give us animals. So God strengthened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not wish to send them out. Pharaoh said to him, go from me. Beware. Do not see my face anymore. When the day you shall see my face, you shall die. So God stretches his heart, and then all of his arrogance came back. And he's like, I said you could go. Just leave your animals. You're taking your animals. You're taking every one of your animals. You want to take my animals? Forget it. Like, forget it. Forget it. And he says, I, I never want to see you again. Which, spiritually speaking, on the day you'll see my face, you'll die, is because really, truly, Pharaoh, in his inner, inner core, not him, he was a wicked, evil human but the inner core from which evolved ultimately this very wicked, very evil human was a very high intense level of godly energy. So godly that to see it 
exposed truly could cause the death to one seeing the goblin, just like Moses. And on a simple, literal plane, he's saying, I never want to see you again. Don't ever come back here again. And Moses responds. Moses said, true, you spoke, I shall never see your face again. Meaning, I never came back to the palace again. Moses said, you've spoken properly. You've spoken at the right time. I'm not going to see your face again. Meaning, I'm not coming back to the palace. The only time officially they saw each other after that was when Pharaoh ran, you know, in his pajamas in the middle of the night to find Moses on the night of Passover, on the night of the Exodus, to tell them to get out because he was terrified. He was the firstborn. So at this point, we have finished nine plagues. There's one more. God always gave Pharaoh a warning. And for him to give the warning, Moses has to have the prophecy from God. And then Moses and Aaron come to the palace and go over this prophecy to Pharaoh. But Pharaoh said, I don't want to see you again. And Moses said, fine, no problem, I'm not coming. You'll find me, I'm not coming to you. But God has to give Pharaoh the warning. So therefore God at this point, in the house of Pharaoh, in Egypt, a place full of idolatry, in the palace, more idolatry, next to Pharaoh, absolute evil incarnate, God gives Moses prophecy, which he's never done until this time. Even for, for any prophecy, he would, he would actually leave the whole city because it was such evil. Like, well, how, how or why will God expose himself in such a place of evil and idolatry? But if God wants, of course, he can do anything. And God's like, okay, well, I'm going to talk to you, Moses, right here because right now you need to warn Pharaoh about the next place because you're not coming back to the hell. Pharaoh's going to find you. You're not going to come to him. So, at this point, in the palace, God said to Moses, one more plague shall I bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. After that, he shall send you forth from here. When he sends forth, it shall be entirely. He shall drive you out of here. Entirely, Rashi explains, means completely he's sending all of your way. So, God is now going to give him this prophecy, which he's right now going to relay to Pharaoh. The warning over the tenth and final plague, we're up to the tenth one, the striking of the firstborn. But, God says, right, and this is so important, right at this moment, he's going to say also this. Okay, we're going to strike the firstborn. You're going to leave. And, please speak in the ears of the people. Let each man request of his fellow and each woman from her fellow silver vessels and gold vessels. Which means, and God says here, please, please meaning I'm requesting of you. I'm asking you to do this because I need a favor of you, so to speak. I gave Abraham a prophecy, a promise. His children will be afflicted. That was definitely fulfilled. And afterwards, they'll leave with great wealth. But I've got to make sure that's fulfilled as well. So I'm going to give the great news in the eyes of all the Egyptians. And therefore, right now, I want those Jews to go around. And they sort of scouted things out during the plague of darkness to know who has what and where. And to ask all of these Egyptians for their items as part of, give it to me, I'm going, I'm serving God. Your stuff is going to be with us as we serve God. It'll be part of the service. God's going to make another miracle. That the Egyptians will like the Jews, the miracle, and want to help the Jews, and want to give the Jews their things, and want their things to be part of the service of God. Which sounds very, very bizarre. But everything in Egypt is really opening up channels for what would happen through our work after the giving of the Torah, and will ultimately be fully expressed by the Mashiach, by the Messiah. So this is a very crucial piece of the process, and that's why we actually see this mentioned in the Torah three times, this concept of the Jews gathering the wealth of the Egyptians and God making this miracle that the Egyptians wanted to give the Jews their wealth. 
the Jews found favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. And the Torah doesn't say the Egyptians were terrified of the Jews and gave them their wealth. It said the Jews found favor in their eyes and they gave them their wealth. Because that's, in a very miraculous way, what ultimately has to happen naturally, which is the nations of the world have to turn to the Jews and say, yes, we want to be part of the Messianic process. You're the Jews. You're closer to God than we are. We want to help you connect to God because that's how we connect to God. And this has to happen, of course, in a natural fashion. Ultimately, this will embrace the entire world in the times of Mashiach, Messiah, when every human in the world will want to connect to God and therefore will want to help a Jew and through the Jew's connection, he too, the Gentile, will come closer in serving God. God granted the people favor in the eyes of Egypt. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the eyes of the servants of Pharaoh and the eyes of the people. So we see here, and I said this is going to be told three times in the Torah, that God granted the people favor in the eyes of Egypt. So the Egyptians superimposed on them were favorable to the Jews, held Moses in great esteem, and everyone wanted to give their possessions to be part of serving God. Again, here it was a miracle. But after the giving of the Torah, through our work and serving God, the world and the Gentiles that express the world far more than the Jews do will turn to the Jews and want to help the Jews, which expresses the world revealing God and wanting to come close to God and serving God, which is, of course, the movement toward the Messiah. 